Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Whatever you are, I hope that you are well. We're coming up to the end of November, start of December, so I think it's only appropriate now I say that if you are listening to this, um, wherever that may be, I hope that when the time comes, uh, I wish you a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I feel like I could say that now, whereas if I, if I said it in last week's podcast, that would maybe have been uh, a bit too early, but considering everywhere I drive now... Um, Every second song on the radio is a Christmas song and everyone's got their Christmas tree up and that is including uh, us in the Wilson household here as well. But um, it's crazy to think that this is almost uh, 2022, it's almost done and we're starting 2023 and um, I'm sure like many of you out there, you, you know, time is, is passing very quick with uh, <laughs> with getting older uh, and, and, and now being a dad, time moves unbelievably fast. But um, hey, as it is, on to the subject of uh, today's podcast, which is moving up from men's physique to either classic physique or classic bodybuilding or open class bodybuilding. And the reason I wanted to give this uh, an episode on its own uh, was, well, I did the one about bikini moving up to figure. And so then I got a couple of guys saying, oh, well, you know, what would you do if you were moving up from, let's say, men's physique? So I thought, right. Rather than um, have to mention them all separately, I was like, look, I'll just I'll do a podcast on it because this is something that I did for a long time. Um, well, not for a long time, sorry. This is something that I did over the years. Um, I competed in men's physique in uh, 2017 and then classic physique in 2020, classic bodybuilding and novice bodybuilding in 2021. So I feel like I've got a little bit of a um, little bit of an understanding about it, but um, I'm going to break it down for you. And what I want you to understand is that there's very different criterias for the three of those, and I think you need to understand them all. So let's say you have decided you want to compete, and you've kind of thought, right, well, you know, men's physique is a good place to start because it is the one that I suppose you could argue is um, the the least amount of muscled compared to the other two but you really need to ask yourself like are you a men's physique looking guy now it's maybe hard for you to say that because you're maybe two years away you know you maybe need to grow for a couple of years before you maybe have the tissue on be like right okay you can compete and step on stage depending upon which category you kind of more suit so men's physique themselves they're kind of looking for that that big big emphasis on top line thickness in your arms now if you're not sure what top line thickness is, I'm just referring to the upper portion of your chest, I'm referring to, to your delts, but of course they're looking for fucking huge arms. At the same time they're looking for a big back and a, and a V-tapered waist, so quite a small waist, if you're not sure what a V-taper is, imagine um, the bottom of a V, that being you know, quite a small waist, and then you coming up and your lats being quite wide, so it looks like a V-shape. So that's kind of what they're looking for, but they're also looking for someone that's decent looking as well, like let's face it, you're never going to see an ugly men's physique winner, are you? And they want quite a bit of fluidity with posing. Some guys call it the flow, um, but you'll never see a very rigid men's physique winner. They do have a certain um, flow or aura about them as they are posing. So let's say you bulk for two years and you get to that point and and maybe you don't have a a V-taper waist. Maybe you've got more of a blocky waist. Then you're thinking like, well, why would you do men's physique anyway if that wasn't you? Now, maybe you just do it to step on stage, but understand that you don't fit that criteria. Um, but then that's where after competing kind of in one season, I think that you then need to to move up. And I guess that's what 
that's what I did. Because um, when I look back, you know, I, uh, I'm probably definitely not good looking enough to do uh, to do men's physique. But my physique in general, it's not uh, it's not men's physique, and it's not classic either. And if you think about right, well, well, what do, you, what do you mean? It's not classic. So if you think about the classic guys that do really well, they tend to have quite a shorter torso, and what that what that kind of uh, allows them is to look really, really good in a vacuum. Um, again, I think that they're pretty good looking guys, but I, I do think they have a, a fairly small waist. It doesn't necessarily need to be a a V tapered waist, but they are going to have a ridiculously small waist that when they vacuum, you just go, holy fucking shit. Whereas uh, an open class bodybuilder will have more of a rectangular waist, like a blockier waist. They don't necessarily need to vacuum uh, and they definitely don't be, need to be good looking. Whereas you could argue that like the men's, the men's physique guys have quite a, a longer torso. Um, and that, that sort of V-taper that I mentioned usually comes from having that longer torso, whereas the, as your torso starts to get that a bit shorter, um, that's when you start to look like more of a of a classic guy and a, and a bodybuilder. The difference between a classic guy and a bodybuilder is they could both have a short torso, but which one has a blockier waist and which one doesn't could be the question. Who <laughs> You could also say, who's willing to grow a tash <laughs> and, and who's not? Because every fucking classic guy has a tash these days, but I think when you go to shows, it's it's very obvious on like when you look at the classic guys, it's very obvious like who is actually classic and who's not. Classic um, is that sort of like stepping stone, isn't it? I suppose you could say between men's physique and open class bodybuilding. But the thing is. You may need to understand that you may you may jump in it because you just like you're you're dying to get back on stage, and if you if you if you don't place, and and you don't realize it's just something because you don't fit the criteria. Don't what I'm trying to get is don't be too mad or frustrated if you're not placing or winning when you're moving up from men's physique to classic physique or classic bodybuilding. If you aren't classic, I think that the harsh reality for me last year it wasn't a harsh reality. It was I think it was sort of um, eye opening was. I did my last show, did novice bodybuilding instead of classic, and I won. And my coach at the time, Callum, he was just like, mate, and he actually said this before I even prepped, um, before I even done my first show last season. He he said to me, he's like, you you look like a bodybuilder to me, and um, I should have I should have listened then. Uh, whereas after I competed last year in novice, I was like, right, I'm I'm probably not going to do classic bodybuilding again because I'm not I'm not classic. I'm I'm an open bodybuilder, but I'm a bit of a shit one at that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not necessarily shit. I'm just uh, very tall, and I've a lot of gaps to fill. But let's have a let's have a think of it. Right, you're moving from men's physique, and you're moving into the, the bigger class as well. Have a think of it. How would you do that? Well, what does your current split look like? You're probably placing a lot of emphasis on, as I said, your chest your delts and your arms and also your back and your legs have maybe taken a back seat now that doesn't mean that you aren't training them you would be a fucking idiot if you're not training them why think about the calorie expenditure that you get from legs right that's of course advantageous when you are prepping but at the same time in an off-season setting scenario you can't be fucking training your chest and your delts and your arms every single day at the same time, let's say your natural 
to have the best effect on maintaining higher levels of testosterone, natural levels of testosterone, you've got to be hitting the bigger muscle groups, right? So you've got to be hitting your legs, but also, also I think that hitting your legs te- and hitting them hard teaches you what true intensity is and you th- thus will train your upper harder from there. So let's take one sort of one of my favourite um, kind of men's physique splits or for anyone that's looking to bring up uh, maybe maybe they've got good legs and they're looking to bring up their upper body. I, I would give like a, a pull session um, with no lower back loading followed by a leg session, followed by a push in arms, then a day off, then have like a posterior session that was a little bit of glutes and hamstrings, mostly back, and then have a day off again, and then go back to the start. So across that week, I'm hitting push in arms twice, we've got it the day after lower, the day after posterior, and I'm hitting their back twice as well, they've got the pull session, and then they've got the posterior session, and of course I'm just hitting legs once. Now that's something I've actually personally ran before I started running that um, after my show in 2020, well, probably probably more towards the end of 2020, um, after lockdown and all that jazz, I started running that sort of split because I have good quads and they didn't need to be brought up any more than they did. I was training, you know, I was a men's physique guy and I was training legs twice a week. Um, so maybe maybe why I shouldn't have shouldn't have done men's physique, but I did. But yeah, so that's one of my kind of favourite splits for a men's physique athlete because it ticks all the boxes. Um, You could have, effectively, they can actually hit their biceps three times because they hit them at the end of pull and then they hit them at the end of pushing arms, hit them at the end of pushing arms, um, hit the triceps twice there across the week and you can have one pushing arm session that's more delt focused, one pushing arm session that's more chest focused or one of my favourites is just a mixture, mixture of the two, um, dependent upon the athlete and how... um, what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. So then, if that's how you're training for men's physique, you then have to think about, right, okay, well, how are you now going to train if you are wanting to, if you want to move into the bigger class as well? Of course, the the biggest thing, the biggest change is, is the legs, right? Your legs are out, they're on show, and so you, you're going to need to train them more now that could simply mean you kind of keep your similar split but the posterior session now becomes just lower two now of course that means that you don't have as much um as much volume towards your back towards that 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 because you be we were doing a posterior session before right but maybe you've got a good back you know like are you are you coming are you moving from top of the you know top of men's physique are you winning shows placing the British, you know, you've achieved everything in men's physique and you've just thought, right, that's it. So you maybe have already have like a pretty solid back. Now if that was the case, you could literally just drop that posterior session, keep the pushing arms one, keep the lower session, then add that lower two. However, uh, you could you could split it up. You could be like, right, could, could want to go pull, lower one, pushing arms off, lower two, and then an upper session that was a combination of, you know, one of the weaknesses, other weaknesses you wanted to bring up, whether that was a combination of your back and your chest, or maybe it was a case of maybe you got your delts in there, back and arms, whatever it is, that could be a, a very good split that you could go into. But one of the ones you've heard me spoke about before in the, the most recent podcasts is um, if you, like for the big dudes, and that's the thing, like men's physique, if you look at like some of the, the international, like men's physiques, the guys are just getting so much, so much bigger. Like every single year, the guys are bigger, so you can see how much of a big, uh, bigger jump it is from uh, going from men's physique to the open classes. But let's say 
uh, one of my favourite splits I've got one of my guys on right now because he's a very big dude he's on a four day split and with him what we're trying to bring up is his posterior shot right because he's got huge chest and arms huge chest and arms so he gets to train that once so he's doing a lower one session then he has a day off a pull session a day off a lower session pushing arms and then a day off so what you've seen there is he's always having a day off before he trains his lower body and he's got a day off on either side of the pull session now in the pull session he actually has a hip hinge because we're trying to focus on bringing up his glute and hamstring tie so putting in a hip hinge there just helps increase that frequency across the week lower one is more quad focused lower two is more glute and hams so in between that he has little tiny bit of a hip he has a, two sets of a hip hinge and the rest the rest is back and that's been working incredibly well but like he's in a position where he can do that he's in a position where he can only train you know he, he can train four days and from that he's finding his performance is flying his recovery is in a great spot because he's resting quite a lot right putting in another session there would be in my opinion really silly for this individual because he is so big but I think that's an exception and if you're coming up from men's physique to bodybuilding you're more than likely going to have to be training five to five days a week in my opinion because for as much as you maybe have had a big top line big arms big back and men's physique you know the guys in the the open classes the classic classes they're just going to be bigger so you're just going to need to have more of like maybe all those things are a strength for you as it is but you're just going to need more of it because the classic guys the open guys they're big but they're balanced at the same time so men's physique if you've been placing a lot of emphasis on your upper body maybe your legs um maybe your legs aren't um you know they're behind you're not balanced that's something that you've got to take into consideration right if you want to do be a bodybuilder you need you need balance in there simple as that upper needs to match lower so for as much as you maybe need to train train legs more often um and you've got a strong upper body well even though it's a strength you still got to bring it up but you've got to bring it up at a slower rate than you do your legs so you actually i might go back on my word and say maybe maybe a four-day split would be okay for you until your legs caught up because in the amateur bodybuilding ranks it's not always the biggest dude that wins right from for the most part uh, it's it's the biggest and most conditioned dude but from what i've seen if you're at a show and there's someone a bit bigger you're a bit more conditioned than they are you're just a little bit a little, little bit not quite as big you'll probably win on, on level of condition if you are both balanced and you're both symmetrical um but i mean you're probably thinking okay well how long is it going to take excuse me for me to move up from men's physique to an open class or whatever it is so for me i can be in a men's physique in 2017 and uh, that had been a, a little bit of a journey i suppose i've been preparing for that for a year and a half with a coach but i'd always lifted before that after competing as you know i kind of said i wouldn't do it again but i still went through the um the gaining phases and uh, the dieting phases and whatnot it, like i was going to compete again and it was only really um at the end of after watching guys in 2019 on stage me thinking i could probably have done that so uh, I, I did go ahead and i, I went and uh it was 2020 was uh was my 
showing after uh, competing in 2017. So that was a good two and a half, almost closer to really three years. I competed June 2017, then I competed in March 2020. So not quite three years away, but but almost. But multiple gaining phases, multiple recomps, a couple of uh, dieting to extremes in that time as well. Well, one in 2019 when I did a photo shoot with uh, my fiance at the time, who's now my wife. Uh, but before that, it was just the whole sort of bulk and recomp, bulk and recomp. And uh, I think you just have to kind of be understandable. What do you need to do or what do you need to be willing to do? It's uh, remember that the bigger that you get, the more sort of boundaries that you have to push. So in my men's physique days, the biggest I probably got, I want to say would have been, I don't know, 105, 107, maybe there thereabouts. I think stage weight was about 93, so maybe it was a bit more, maybe it was about, yeah, maybe between 108 and 110. And then thereafter, very quickly got in my off-season, got up to 117, uh, dropped back down. Future off-seasons pushed up to uh, 120, and then it was only really after competing in 20, 2020 uh, when I wanted to get bigger and, and come back better, uh, I pushed up to, to 132. I remember I could never get above 120 and then all of a sudden I was able to get to 132 after competing in uh, 2020 which was which was really cool um, but it's about of course eating more uh, whether you like it or not if you're if you're assisted taking more drugs and really pushing to those uncomfortable places like when I was a men's physique guy I was never pushing to the point where I was uncomfortable um, walking two or three hundred yards Whereas trying to be a, a an open class bodybuilder, I, I did experience that. You know, kind of getting out of breath, um, just literally walking up a short short brae, which is a Scottish word for a small hill, um, or literally being on a walk two three hundred meters or yards and uh, having to just stop or slow down because my lower back was just incredibly pumped. Um, breathing was incredibly heavy. Now, I think sometimes. Some men's physique guys got to do that when they're really trying to push for uh, maybe they're trying to push for a pro card or whatever it is. But I don't I just don't think that the the amount they need to push is is, is quite as much. But then again, yeah, you know, I I guess I should take that back because uh, one of the most um, probably popular men's physique athletes in the UK, Josh Bridgman, he's he's pushed like that before. Um, but remember, he's a he's a pro. He was pushing for his pro card, and, and that was always his goal. So if you're you're just trying to um, compete in a local sort of amateur show. You maybe don't necessarily need to be pushing up quite as much as that, or there's maybe not as 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 a need. But when you kind of move up the um, the the ladder of, of criteria, you, you can say that there there then does become this sort of need whether you are um, kind of a, a local show or pushing for a pro card. Because everyone's getting bigger every single year, I uh, it'll be a, a huge. If you were to show me, like, see guys in ten years' time, how big they are, even amateur guys, like, I bet it'll be a shock to you now. Because ten years ago, if someone showed you photos of boys now on stage, um, I'm sure they would have got a shock in regards to the level of conditioning and mus- muscle maturity that a lot of these guys have, and it's just part of 
part of being a human, isn't it? Like we all we always want more, we always want better, we always want bigger, and that's part of part of being bodybuilding, isn't it? Um, it's as simple as that. So yeah, I think that you've got to be willing to um, take a little bit more, push a little bit more. And as a men's physique guy, you know, I I took steroids, but I never took uh, the likes of uh, HGH, never took the likes of insulin or whatnot, but pushing men's physique pros like or for a pro card or guys at the British finals they're probably taking that stuff definitely if you're looking to be a classic or open uh, I would probably argue that you you probably have to be taking that to get the size on to pack away the food like I've got some open guys who are just moving up from novice to open class who in their off season eating more than a thousand grams of carbs so if they now I'm not saying you need to go do this but I'm saying that's one one scenario one situation where there's just no way that that guy was getting away with that food without the use of extraneous insulin his pancreas body was just not going to be able to handle that or utilize it deal with it itself and i remember as a men's physique guy having a little bit of a fear of insulin having a little bit of a fear of hgh but it's also the, the cost the cost of it as well you know <clears throat> when you think about um how much your gear costs you but then you know hgh is costing you what 150 160 every 28 days insulin although it's cheap it's another sort of cost on top of things and bodybuilding is a fairly expensive hobby when you add in the amount of food that you got to eat gym membership protein uh, supplements and all that going up at the same time uh, it's a cost it's more of a cost when you're moving up classes as well other things i think you need to take into consideration as well is that let's say you have um been competing in ifbb you have two poses you have a front pose, you have a rear pose. If you're competing elsewhere, PCA, FitX, NFM, UK, whatever, you have four poses. Maybe you've got a little bit more. Sometimes PCA do maybe six, so four to six. But when you move into the classic physique or the classic bodybuilding or open class bodybuilding, you're now looking at between 12 to 14 poses. If you think about open class bodybuilding, it's roughly about 13. Uh, but the, you know when, when you add in the classic you know favorite classic pose from the front favorite classic pose from the side favorite classic pose from the rear uh, it then completely changes the ball game of what the experience is like on stage the posing endurance that's required and needed the uh, the routine the 60 second routine that you now need to be able to to go and do and i think a lot of the classic guys now the the best athletes are probably the best posers they uh, it's choreographed very very well. They flow very very well, um, and they're usually inspired by a lot of the older guys, um, like Frank Zane, Bob Parrish, etc. etc. So uh, you got to be, you know, got to be considerate of that if you're looking to become a, a very good uh, classic athlete. Um, I think that the routine has been taken more and more in consideration, particularly as you go up the levels and the the guys are really close in regards to the balance of symmetry, how they look, condition, blah 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 what can separate them sometimes is the routine but you know I often find in the open class bodybuilding the fucking routine didn't really matter the results are the results usually are kind of made up by then um, for the most part in, in the amateur, amateur scene um, but it's a big jump if you're used to just doing four poses to then now have to do 13 of getting your body in the right position in every single one of those poses uh, transitioning between the two etc etc it's a lot it's a lot harder time on stage um than than doing men's physique and i could say that and hold my hands up because i did men's physique in 2017 then i did uh classic physique in 2020 albeit when i did classic physique in 2020 and ifbb there was only um there was only five poses they asked us to do actually and then the year after there was like seven 
and then when I did say PCA there was like fucking 14 or something like that um, but it was fun there's more more time on stage there's more photographs etc etc but hey we all can't look good in every single one understand that we uh, will have some some that are stronger for some physiques in some shots so I look at some stage shots I'm like fuck I'm never posting that right and I've got other ones where I'm like yeah okay that's a front lat spread um, I'll post that because my quad looks good or, or whatever it is but um, yeah something to kind of take into consideration I think also and kind of I suppose lastly I'll wrap up here is that um, you need to just understand that you're kind of now moving to the bottom of the barrel right moving to the bottom of the pile so you're maybe a good men's physique athlete in certain feds and whatnot but you then take the step up to classic physique or bodybuilding or open class bodybuilding or whatever it is you're going right right back to the bottom and you've got to work your way up but that should be inspiring that should be motivating for you um to to reclimb a different ladder if that makes sense but if you've been winning everything in men's physique placing at british finals winning overalls regional overalls or whatever um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can have one off season and then go do the same in in bodybuilding or classic you know you you maybe need to have two years three years away before you come back just you know doing your due diligence and spending time away from the stage specific like training in a specific manner to bring up um, the likes of your legs and whatnot so that when you make the step up you know if you want to get those same results you maybe need that time but you maybe just need that time to to, to start doing well at regionals i think the uh the open bodybuilding classes are probably becoming now less popular uh, and i think it's quite sad but i think the reason being is that men's physique guys are getting bigger each year um I think classic is becoming more appealing to a lot of people because you know those guys are are big. Some of them are as big as the men's physique guys, but they just have their legs out and their legs are bigger. So that becomes more appealing than being a, an absolute mass monster and kind of going into the open classes. Uh, so it's a shame, but it just seems to be the the kind of trend of what's happening at the current moment. But hopefully, this podcast um, helps make make a decision for you or give you a bit of an insight that it's um it's a bit more complicated it's probably a bit more thought out uh, moving up than um just simply going going and doing it i think that if you suit men's physique criteria stay as a men's physique athlete if you stay uh, you know if you suit a classic physique criteria stay in there right but if you are a bodybuilder trying to fit in a classic physique category don't bother because you're never going to do well. It's as simple as that, right? If you are a bodybuilder and you're trying to stick in men's physique, don't do it because you're never going to do well and vice versa. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it for me, guys. Whatever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.